Did you ever wake up and realize how did I overcome so much in my life? Well, yes, I haven't. I am so grateful for it. Every day that goes by, I have learned that life is about growth. The more you grow, the more success you will have. In this podcast, I interview women that have battled against the unthinkable and have found the power within to succeed through it. Join me in my journey as I share these amazing stories of women rising above it all. Welcome back to The Power Within with Courageous Women. Today, I'm so excited to bring on our guest, Vinu Keller. She is a speaker that's going to be coming up for our virtual summit this Monday. And who is she? She is a she has a BS in psychology, a mental health professional, and certified behavior consultant and life coach. She has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, and many others, the number one best-selling author of two books, and she has now just published a new book, Teaching Your Children That They Are Enough. You can get that free book, but I'll let her tell you all of that. Have you mamas ever felt guilty after yelling at your kids? despair of not being able to get through to those defiant teenagers or a divide so great that it felt like your spouse was on the other side of the Grand Canyon. Well, in reality, they are right next to you in your home. I'm going to welcome Vinu Keller. Thank you for coming on board today. Oh, thank you for having me, Melissa. This is exciting. Yes, it is. So I know that you are the family kid whisperer. And I want the, I want our mamas to know how it came about for you to do this. Well, you know, it's interesting because I always feel like what we think we want to do with our life is when we grow up and we really figure out what we want to do with our life. What's our purpose? What's our yeah. gift? You yeah. know, and how do we get to that? Uh, you know, many years ago, I thought that I was just going to be a mental health provider. I, this is what I, I, I created my career. I have my degree in psychology. Um, you know, I'm certified through the state as an infant toddler family specialist. Like I created what I needed to, to go far in that career. And I thought this is the end all be all. This was what I was born to do. And I'll do this until I die and retire. And that's then, the A plan, right? That was it. <laughs> that was the A plan. You know, I was a single mama and that was never the plan to get divorced. And then I found myself divorced, raising two boys, not girls, but boys trying to teach them their masculinity, trying to teach them how to empower the feminine energy in a woman, you know, and I felt like I was failing. I felt that I ended up being like my mom who was constantly yelling, like everything I said that I wasn't going to be, I felt like I was, you know, it's like, tell God your plans and he'll laugh. Right. And so I wasn't going to be a yeller. I wasn't going to be a single mom. <laughs> I was not going to, you know, be so stressed out that I didn't have time for my kids. And I found myself there. Um, I had a journey of staying in a suicidal mindset um, since I was 13. And, you know, I used to stay under that victim mode of, you know, I was suicidal for 21 years and this is my story. And, you know, that is true that that was a story that I had. And I, it, and it served me, it served me in connection with myself. It served me in, having, um, a know-how that I, I can just end this, that I can have control. And that's kind of what it did. It kind of gave me control back in my life because as a child into adult, I kind of felt like I didn't have the control anymore. 
And what was the one thing I could control was my own life. And I had a plan that once my youngest had graduated high school, which would be 2016 at the time, um, I was done. I, I felt I raised them. They're 18 now. They're on their own. I'm not needed, you know? And I, so I kind of just viewed mom as, as a duty, as like, this is a job. And then once the job is over, I'm out. And so I actually was calculating what year he would graduate. And I'm talking like 2005. Okay. So I'm like, okay, he's this age. Okay. Oh, 2016, he'll graduate. Okay. This is 2005. I'm contemplating all this. And I ended up going to a Tony Robbins event. I didn't know who Tony was. I didn't know what to expect. I was on antidepressants. I was on anti-anxiety medicine. I smoked. I drank. I would go out on weekends. Um, I was looking to attract any guy in my life because to me, that's what gave me myself worth. And, uh, you know, and I defined it by that. And I go to this event. Um, everybody's jumping up and down, high-fiving, hugging. I'm like, where have I just entered? Like, this is not, this is not for me. And so as I'm going through this and I hear some things that Tony says, and I swear he was talking to me and it was about like the energy and, you know, people that have that hyper energetic feeling. I'm like, oh my God, he's talking to me. He's like, and some of you might've heard people say, calm down. I'm like, oh my gosh, he is talking to me. And all of a sudden this man gave me permission to just be that energy. And he said, you know, most people have to learn that energy and other of you were gifted that energy. And it's, what do you want to do? And um, I mean, I totally just got chills because it so resonated with me. Like, oh my gosh, I get to actually define what my life looks like. I don't have to define it as I'm going to kill myself. I don't have to define it as poor me or I'm a yeller or, you know, I don't know um, how to get a man in my life and I'm ugly and I'm this. Like that was all definitions I gave myself through beliefs that I had acquired through my journey of childhood to adulthood. And I realized in that moment that I get to change it. And I walked on fire that night. I released all this like poor me baggage. And I made a decision that night leaving in 2007, that suicide was no longer an option. Yes. Amen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's celebrate that because that was the first time since I was 13 years old and I was 34 at the time that that no longer was a solution. And as much as I was excited I was so scared because how was I going to live now? What did life look like? I now had to take responsibility right. for all the stuff I'm doing in my life. Yeah. I take responsibility for the drinking, the smoking, the yelling, you know, everything. everything was now on me. And if I didn't like that, then I had to redefine that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I made a choice. I changed my friends when I got home. I stopped going to the bars. I stopped drinking. Um, this month, actually two weeks ago was 10 years since I've had a cigarette. Um, I, when my friends are like, Hey, let's go out. I'm like, let's go out. Like what? <laughs> you know, like I don't even define that anymore. And that's not my journey anymore. And so going through this, I thought, 
what was the gifts? What was the gifts that God given me to this moment in my life? And I'm like, well, I was bullied. And I always said when I was little, I'm like, oh, I'm going to change society until I was part of society. And that's like, how do you shift other people's minds and their perception of color of skin, race, religion, gender? And I'm like, okay, that's, that's a big task to take on. But what I can do is be a change in my own life. How do I get rid of the judgment? And so I started out thinking I'm going to shift things. And that's where that book came, Bully Proof, Unleash the Hero Inside Your Kid. And I was a co-author in that. And um, I was honored to be because that really set the trajectory. I'm going into schools. I have a best-selling book that I co-authored. And I'm going to go teach kids that bullying doesn't have to, we don't have to be against the bully. We can actually help the bully. What is the bully really needing? They're needing significance. They're needing to be seen and connected. And they were just using me and other victims as a way of getting that. We were just a pawn. It really wasn't about us. And so I started doing that. And then I realized, I said, you know, it's so great to come into these schools. It's so great to talk about this. And yet what happens when I leave? Where's the sustainability in these children's lives to say, oh, that lady really made a difference in my life. Like, what do I need to do now? And I realized that it starts at home. Yes, it does. It starts with us parents, whether you're a single parent, a married parent, it starts with us and how we're parenting. And I started to take a good look into where I was at. And at this point in my journey, I had already started to not yell so much because I realized why was I yelling? I was yelling because I wanted to be heard and seen. And when my children didn't answer um, or they wouldn't do what I said, I would yell and all of a sudden things would get done. I started to say, wow, I created that formula for them. Their brain says, I don't have to do anything until mom yells. So I'm not going to do anything until mom yells. And so I had to go and reshape that. I had to show them that my words had an action to it, that my behavior, my parenting behavior matched what I wanted to guide them through and take them through. And then through this aha moment, I realized I'm like, I have been using my kids as my measurement tool to say, am I a good parent or not? And I was, I, I, I was confused by that. I'm like, but, and I, I attached my, like, they're my kids. They're my kids. And I realized they're not my kids. My kids are, were born to me as a gift for me to guide. I'm just a guiding force in their life to show them what nurturing is, to show them what love is, to show them what responsibility is, to show up for them the way I hope they're going to show up in their life. And that sent me on this trajectory to support parents where they're at, to support the single mom as to, you know, there's so many women that just don't get along. When I talk to women, they're like, yeah, I, get, I have more guy friends and girlfriends. Like, guys just get me more. I know. I was that person too. And what was that about? We were so jealous. And instead of fixing each other's crowns, we were knocking each other's crowns off. And so I decided, I said, you know what? I am not going to be that person. I'm not going to have any judgment against these moms. I'm not going to tell these parents they're doing it wrong. What I am going to teach parents is how could they do it better? How could we get them to just even like, take a microscope and look at their parenting and say, where can I show up differently? What do I need to do differently? And that led me on this trajectory where I created a program seven years ago where I actually move in with families for four days. Wow. And I teach them this from day one to day four, shifting it, making massive transformations in their home. And it's more, and people want to associate to the super nanny. It's not. 
Um, number one, I live with you. I, I stay on your couch. I stay in the guest bedroom. I don't leave to a hotel. Um, I eat when you eat. Um, I sleep when you sleep. And you are all in. What I am. I remember the family. <laughs> I am. And I'm going to tell you, by day four, they, it's like I am. Like, people, are they going to wear these masks? I'm sure they have some masks. But once we get so comfortable, they're seeing me in my jammies. I'm seeing them in their jammies. We're like having sleepovers. Like, these kids get to know me, right? Like, I'm just like Auntie V now. You know, I'm no longer Miss V. I'm now Auntie V. So, I just, I get to be with these families and we make the huge transformations that are sustainable. And then I coach them so many months or weeks afterwards to make sure the accountability is there. The cheerleader in me is still there for them. They know because what makes somebody want to continue when they know they're doing it right, when they're getting the results. Binu, can you share with us um, one of what that scenario looks like? Like on a, a uh, a customer would want to hire you and tell you, this is what's going on in my house. Can you explain that scenario? Sure. So I never wanted to be the 911 program. You know, I, I believe in preventative is best, like early intervention, right? That's my background. And yet I'm still that 911. So like parents come to me, they're like, you know, I've tried therapy for five years. We've tried medication. I have all these books in my room, you know, and the books are great, but yet no one teaches them how to implement that. When right. you go take your kid to therapy, you got to take off from work. You got to pay your co-pays. You got to hope that your kid's going to be open and honest because the, the, they don't want you in the room with them. The room is different from the environment they're in. And then you take them out of that serene room that's comfortable and some of that, oh, Oh, how do you feel? And you go right back into the environment where there's yelling, disconnect, shouting, not listening, um, sneaking out, lying, stealing, you know, you, you go through all of that. Um, so in my program, when I get these calls, what I teach them is we have to deal with what's going on. We have to rip off these band-aids, the band-aids that we put over the yelling and the crying, the band-aids that we put over the why it's happening, the excuses, and we have to get to the cause. And so when I move in there, I'm just looking at what's going on in your world. You know, when you talk to your kid, I'm just sitting back and watching, like, why isn't your kid responding? <laughs> oh, because they know you're not going to follow through on it. You know, you know, and I watch it. I watch the parents right there, not follow through on it. That is you know, so close sick. the door, close the door. I, you know, honey, I just said you need to close the door when you get home and the door's open. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, Miss B. And they get up and close the door. I'm like, no, no, no problem. I'm just taking my notes, taking my notes, you know. And the kid's off playing a video game now while the mom is getting up doing exactly what she asked them to do. And there's no consequences and there's no follow through. There's no consistency. And then the mom sits down and she goes, oh, this is what I'm going through. I'm like, no problem. You know what? That's going to be such an easy peasy thing that we're going to shift. And you're going to see other things that shift like a domino effect. But, you know, this is great. This is exactly where we need to be. You're exactly where you need to be in this moment with me right now. So that, that's that pretty sounds, much it. That sounds pretty amazing, Vino. Now, what's a tip of advice that you could share to the moms that have to always feel like they're repeating themselves with their kids? What I would share with them is a few things. Align with your kids. If you have to repeat with you, what you're doing, is your kids distracted? Are you asking them to do things when they're playing their video games? Are you asking them to do something while they're picking up their backpack and walking out the door and then expect them to remember when they get home, they're supposed to take out the trash, you know, and then you come home, the trash is not taken out. And it's like, I told you, didn't you hear me? And the kid's like, no, no. <laughs> and the mom's like, I told you when you were leaving at going to the bus, I told 
Did you take out the trash when you got home? And you said, yes, ma'am. Like, what did you hear me? They're like, oh, oh yeah, I remember now. And they literally forgot. Our kids' brains are not developed like ours. The recall is so small from what they observe and take into their brain, you know, a lot smaller than ours. And again, as parents, how many things are we going through a day that we have to keep track? We, it's like this automatic filing cabinet in our brain, right? Well, the kids don't have that yet. And then what happens? Then they get in trouble. Give me your phone because you didn't take out the trash. You didn't listen to me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. And did you align with them? Did you get the eye contact? Did you ask them, tell me what you heard me say? Okay. And let's just say they did forget. Instead of taking their phone away because we want to create that pain, we want to create like, you didn't listen to me, shame on you, I'm going to punish you. How about we create a consequence that's going to teach them the right, appropriate way to respond, to react, to actually do take out the trash. So instead of taking their phone away, say to them, okay, I understand you did not remember. So there's two things I want to ask you. What has to happen for you to remember? What can I do to support you that you're going to remember that this is your chore? So I don't have to always ask you, do we need to put it on our chore board? Do you need to put a reminder in your phone? Do I need to set a reminder on my phone to text you after school? What can I do to support you? That's number one. The second thing is instead of taking this phone away, say, okay, so let's just stop before we have this discussion and please go take out the trash now. And then we'll come back to the discussion. So if he's into his video game or something, that's already a consequence. He has to stop what he's doing. He has to focus on what you want. He needs to do it. And you're there. So he's getting all your attention because that's really what kids want. Mm-hmm. He takes out the trash. He comes back and you teach him how to do it on a daily basis with you supporting him. Right. I love that. Um, as we wrap up, can you share also a message for those mamas that are feeling that they're grabbing their heads and just be like, ah, especially this year, you know, because hello, with this pandemic, we've had to make some radical 360 changes while you're at home and at working and having your kids and not only either virtually, they're virtually learning, but you're also their teacher, you know, <laughs> even though their, their teachers are there, but you're also that second teacher. So can you, can you give them a little message? Yes. So the first thing I would love to tell you guys is to give yourself grace. Yes. Life is happening. We're going to have that chaos. How do we move from chaos to peaceful? We have to give ourselves grace. And, you know, one of the things that I'm going to be speaking on, you know, in your summit to empowering moms to succeed is how do you show up as a leader in your own life? You know, there's six different leadership styles. Which one are you using? When are you using it? You know, where are you as a leader in your life with your kids? Where are you as the leader in life at work, in your working relationships? And where are you a leader in your own life? We have to show up the way we want our kids to show up. And they're going to say to us, you know, if I'm worth it and you care about me, aren't you worth it to yourself? Cause I never see you caring about yourself. So it's kind of a great gateway into what we're going to be discussing, you know, in your summit Oz, recognizing the different leadership styles and where they show up in your life to bring you that full balance. So you can go from chaos to peaceful. Awesome. Oh, I can't wait. We will see all of you on Monday and thank you, Vino. It is a pleasure. I can't wait to on Monday to be taking lots of tips from you. A pleasure having you on today. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to The Power Within. If you are a courageous woman and you would like to be a guest on my show, let's connect. Also, if you like what you heard, give it a rate and review. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any weekly episode.